Welcome to the new media show. We're back. Doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this junk. We do it live? We're live right now. We'll just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We just can't get enough. The new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. We do it live. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We're going live. The new media show. I'm like Adam Curry, and you're more like John C. Devorah. I think I am Adam Curry, and you're the old curmudgeon. We do it live on the new media show again. The new media show. Technology. We make it sound so special. Hey, Rob, here we are. We're back with the new media show. We're back in the studio. We're not live at NEB. I know. That's kind of that's that's kind of nice. It's kind of comforting me back into our comfort zone, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is. And... Uh, you know, we haven't, we still haven't gotten the copies. I guess I'm going to have to go on YouTube and rip the audio off YouTube because every time we do a live event, they seem like never wanting to get us the media. So uh, I'll have to go jack it that way. Well, I think to be fair to them to some degree, I, I believe that they were taking raw video and they were going to uh, wrap it with uh, overlays and all sorts of fancy stuff with it and then post it to their own website at the NAB. So uh, I think that's what we're waiting for. And I'm not sure they've done that with all their other videos that they have. So I think, uh, yeah, I think your assessment is right. That this is that it's, it's not as quick coming as uh, we would like because we're a podcast. Most of the other stuff that NAB does is not a podcast. So um, yeah, we have different expectations. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, but anyway, we're back in the studio. and We've got a guest today. Why don't you uh, do the in- do the introductions? Well, I it's I I don't know how to say this, but uh, it's this guest has been something or someone that we've wanted on the show for I don't know many 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 years. Um, he's a longtime um, person running podcasting at Apple. Uh, Mr. James Boggs, and uh, he's now left Apple, uh, if you haven't heard, um, and started a new company in podcasting. So, of course, you know, that's like, that's like the hottest fodder in the world for us here on this show is, you know, (laughs) James doing something new, plus his background of uh, running Apple Podcasts for uh, over a decade um, is, is great fodder for us. Uh, and we're honored to have you on, James. Oh, thank you so much. Great to be here, both of you. Uh, nice to see you again. And thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's you, awesome. You know, ahead, we were doing a little pre-talk uh, before we started the show, and actually, he was at Apple for 17 years. So, Well, yeah, but Sorry. how long were you working on the Apple podcast, James? That's the other question. Uh, I was well. I was running the team. You're right for about a about a decade, and before that, um, well, I joined Apple in 2004 um, as they had um, soon after they had launched the music store. At that time, mm-hmm. it was just iTunes Store. It was just music, just in the U.S. And I joined a you know what was then a small team working on uh, content and you know editorial marketing programs on on the store. And we, it was a really fun time period. We launched a bunch of great versions of the app and expanded into numerous countries. And um, and then with iTunes 4.9, added podcast support, as you guys well know, in 2005, yep. the summer of 2005. 
Yeah. Um, and that's when they, you know, we started to add different media types to the the jukebox. And, um, and so in 2006, I had a chance to start the international service for podcasts, uh, in London and, um, uh, built, built that sort of service, the localized editorial, the localized, uh, content provider relationships with wow. big, uh, yeah. public networks and the broadcasters in, in Europe. And then uh, came back to manage the team in 2010. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a long time to be working on that that, that project. You've seen a lot um, of changes with uh, Apple Podcasts o- over the years. Its growth and its adoption and and its success. And I, I know Todd and I have been wor- working with you and working with you know your your colleagues o- over there for 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 many many years. So. It's. Uh, I just want to say thank you for all your work o- over the years um, working on podcasting. I know we were a little bit competitors when I was working at Microsoft on Zoom. Um, so <laughs> I would was, say friendly. Uh, hold, on. Hold, hold, you know, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on. Let's please clarify. There was no competition. Oh, come on, okay. come oh, on God. now. Oh. I, I, I have I have that artifact back here on the wall. So come on now. <laughs> It's true. I have to acquiesce to that point. Yes. Um, yeah. Microsoft got cold feet in the end. But oh. uh, but anyway, uh, Todd, go, well, go ahead and start off if you have something that you wanted well, to. Well, you know, there's so much stuff going on that we've we've missed. Yeah. And so we definitely are going to have to take some time sometime today to talk about this thing that Tom Webster's doing because he's he's off the new things at some point. Right. So I uh, saw that. What a end of an era. Yeah. Hmm. What is he? Yeah. He's got something going. So I didn't see any details about what's new. I just saw that he was departing Edison. So do, do you have any intel there? No, it's Tom. Are you watching? <laughs> uh, it's at the. We expect you to break the you news gotta, here. You have Tom. a caller. <laughs> <laughs> so he, I guess he's at Edison until the end of May, and yeah. then whatever's next. Um. You know, we'll we'll see. I have a suspicion. He's already got uh, something big lined up. So the question is, who is he going to go work for, or is he starting his own thing? That's that's mm-hmm. the the key. But uh, you know, it's people move on. You know, I've had some team members at my company move on because it's it's a long time to work on one thing. You know, yeah. so I guess what we should talk to you about is what are you doing and what uh, you know, big decision to leave Apple and spin off and kind of do your own thing at this point, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was, uh, as we were saying earlier, it was a tremendous experience for me being at Apple for 17 and a half years um, and such a such a long run. Obviously, the bulk of my career and extremely formative and having learned uh, an incredible amount from the the teammates I had there and, and leadership there. And then, yeah, starting to think about new challenges. Um, and with the launch of um, Apple Podcast subscriptions, the, you know, the, the, the paid premium vehicle for for content on Apple Podcasts. It was a great moment to, uh, an inflection point to take a step back and move on to something new. Um, and so I was up for some some new challenge and a and, and new uh, kind of change of uh, scene in terms of work life. So I got a, um, uh, departed Apple in July of last summer, sort of mid-July, and had an amazing uh, couple of conversations with uh, Mr. Andy Bowers, who, like both of you, another OG podcaster from the the very early days, and even even before uh, before iTunes had podcast support, Andy was at Slate making 
shows, of course, Political Gab Fest, one of the early hits on those those early days of uh, iTunes Store podcasts. And so, um, you know, after he had departed uh, um, Megaphone uh, and, and then that, that uh, sale to Spotify, he was looking for a new project. And so we got into conversation with his friend, Henry Blodgett, and decided to, uh, who's of course CEO and founder of Business Insider, now Insider. And uh, the two of them were interested in this this concept that I found really fascinating too, that modular approach to show creation, segmented organization of shows. And, and we decided to start a new um, audio publishing tools company that could facilitate um, show creation from a a kind of the segment metaphor, which is a concept that's been around, like, uh, you know, you can say in radio programming, you know, segments of content one after another in TV as well. And uh, we wanted to give a fresh look at that specifically for audio publication use, sort of digital native first approach to that. And um, it opens up a lot of really interesting uh, capabilities, including the low latency publishing, which is kind of our, our focus. Um, I, I'd be interested in both your thoughts, of course, but I, I see kind of latency as one of the structural, w- traditional weak points in, in the podcast infrastructure where uh, time between publication and consumption can be can be quite long with an indexing cycle that maybe takes longer than it should, as, as we would all hope it should. So Spooler was um, kind of conceived to, to lean into that historical weak part, that you know time to time between an event being uh, happening, being reported, reporting being written, recorded for audio, and then made available on demand. And, and could, with a new company, we close the gap between all the benefit of, of live, like we're live now, things are being reported and happening, emerging stories being covered, but with the advantage of being on demand. So it's never a, an, a show experience that has already started when you tune in. It's always at the beginning. It's always when you press play. So... We like to describe Spooler as uh, fresh like live radio, but on a van like podcasts and uh, a new capability, hopefully right in the, in, the, in the valuable space between those two existing mediums and, and modular in nature so that it's segmented and it's effectively a, a, it's, I mean, it's a really sophisticated playlist maker. And so that's our, our fresh take on this kind of idea. And uh, it's super exciting to have spent a few months building it up. Um, in partnership with our our CTO, another OG podcaster, Mr. Benjamin, Dan Benjamin, um, and all of his experience from Fireside and 5x5. Five five. It's, uh, it's an amazing team to work with. And uh, so, yeah, we, we spent a few months building that out and then launched with um, the refresh from Insider, a new uh, uh, real-time audio news program from uh, Henry's team at Insider and Andy as head of audio there at Insider that launched at the end of February. So it's been a, a great... Uh, transition out of stealth for Spooler into, you know, being able to tell our story publicly. Yeah. We got a chance to talk to Andy at podcast movement evolutions. And, uh, here's the question I've got about Andy. Have you ever seen Andy mad? Because he is the most <laughs> laid back guy, you know, and he's pretty unflappable. Y- you yeah, know, and I, I would, I would, I would not be want to be in the zone when he did get upset because he's always so laid back <laughs> and so calm. It's the and quiet ones, you got to be worried. Yeah, about, you know. But he, <laughs> no, well, he's a, you guys probably know he was a NPR correspondent for a long time, and he was in London and Moscow, oh, yeah. and he's the White House correspondent for a while. So 
I think there's a, a component of been there, done that <laughs> that uh, makes it pretty unflappable. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That but, is true. I mean, it's just it's such a fascinating product from the standpoint of um, of how traditionally, and maybe you can explain this a little bit more. And I know Andy, I think, um, did a little bit as well, but um, kind of the, the the use of dynamic content, right? Um, as something that most people in the industry think about for just advertising, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like that could be what's going on here a little bit. I mean, are you guys creating, um, you know, you updating existing files that are hosted on the server? Are you generating all new versions of, of episodes that are being targeted to specific types of users? I mean, I guess the tech on this is so flexible that it's hard to really pigeonhole it into a particular use case. So how are you kind of using that uh, flexibility to your advantage? Yeah, thanks. I, I, I appreciate the, the comments. Um, we've taken, I mean, it's kind of interesting. We having worked in podcasts so long, we really were sensitive to the particulars of RSS 2.0, as as you guys are being experts, and so the difference between a new you know episode with a fresh GUID and all of that implies in terms of indexing across all the consumption mm-hmm. points and platforms was really a central question. And we kind of, in thinking about the design of the tool, really always reverted to our our ideal first user, envisioning a, a high tempo newsroom and how do we best empower an, right. an editor who's in that you know high tempo, stressful, high responsibility, high expectation environment. So that um, we we had that inform our design, you know, UX design, the the ease and okay. flow of the tools, right. the click and drag uh, interface that we use, which is sort of mm-hmm. you know one bucket of segment library content that you're dragging over in order uh, right. to make on the other side. And and so, uh, to your question, we reverted to you know what would a how, how could we best empower an editor with that choice? Not that mm-hmm. they had to really think too hard about whether you know is this a new episode or not. But with the idea that is it an editorial kind of scope and scale decision to be made there, where uh, our our solution was a versioning system that we've um, come up with around the segments themselves, so you can with Spooler you can decide as an editor, is this change that I'm about to make worthy of an entire new episode or, or as we call it, an addition of this podcast? Or mm-hmm. is, it a, is it more like a correction where, say, right. in a news, newspaper online, you might have a, you know, maybe a number was wrong or a name was misspelled or, you know, mistaken place. So it's an update and a correction in the kind of magazine sense where you're going to do a, a reprint and correct for a, a factual omission. So we've right. enabled a, a new a version system at the segment level where you can say, well, we're just making a correction to this. And that's okay. uh, you know, putting a new MP3 out there, but it won't trigger a new GUID and it won't give the whole you know, read-index cycle. But if you as a listener are coming to that content without having listened to it prior, you get the, the better version, the, the, ref, you know, the, the improved, more clarified, and, and more current mm-hmm. version of that. Or mm-hmm. as an editor, you can say like, yes, this is a new... You know, there's an editorially most important news story that we want to put right at the top, and then mm-hmm. that can be, uh, you know, that that's would sort of trigger the full new episode 
experience and and then push out a new episode to each of the platforms and have a new pub date and all that stuff. How are you suppressing the, so if it's being delivered still kind of as a traditional podcast, how are you suppressing the follow subscribe? Because you really want people to play. You don't really want this to be cached on their device. That's true. I, I guess in an ideal case, we'd have that kind of um, authority. But, you know, we're also trying to be just good citizens of, of RSS 2.0. I think like all, all of us here that have hosting products, uh, right. you know, so we are, are building to that spec. And, that you know, even as we are looking to what uh, the podcast 2.0 organization is doing some, uh, you know, very interesting suggestions about improvements to new tags and new capabilities. But being aware of the kind of state of the art with the platforms, of course, um, coming from working on Apple Podcasts, I had unique insight there. It was very familiar with right. that spec. So we wanted to to make sure that Spooler was a good citizen of that world, um, even as we were, uh, you know, also launching a, a, you know, a JSON parallel publishing pathway for our own web embed which we have um, rolled out to be a, a kind of white labeled skinnable web player right. for the, the shows produced on Spooler. Um, and the first use of that, of course, on insider.com slash the refresh for the, the show that Andy launched. So we don't really, uh, you know, aspire or pretend to suppress the follow function. We love the people that follow the show, of course, and we want to make sure that it's a really good podcast experience. So you get the, you know, when we, Andy and the team uh, on Refresh publish a new uh, full episode, a new edition that'll index uh, right. to the all the platforms and present as a, a fresh update with all the updated pub date and you know the indication this is new content, which is great, and we love that. And I think you know we all know that the number of people that are technically following subscribing is <coughs> is going down, so more people are actively hitting play. So I think it works mm -hmm. to your advantage that trend of fewer people actually, you know, using that follower subscribe mentality and just listening on demand. So I think it plays to your advantage that probably more than 50% of your shows are probably being delivered with its current version, I would think. Yeah, that'd be, uh, we actually should, should look at that as a, a, a metric, but it's interesting observation in a mind. I mean, would like to know what you guys think too, but it's, um, you know, do we approach more typical streaming behavior and does that open mm -hmm. up new technologies maybe that can help with some of the pain points of, of RSS being a pretty static uh, it spec? It yeah. hasn't really changed yeah. since 2005, as you guys <laughs> definitely, I mean, we <laughs> well, made incremental, it, it, we decided as an industry there are a few incremental yeah. things, but. And as much as yeah, we, we added some namespaces, but and, yeah. And as much as we <laughs> prodded some people like your prior employer, you know, there's like, you know, the, the RSS 2.0, uh, initiatives, some of those are really out there that are, you know, probably yeah. for the geeks yet, you know, it's like, if you're on, if you're watching this show on one of the podcast 2.0, you can boost this episode and send us some Satoshis, but mm -hmm. the majority of folks are not, and they don't even, you know, that the transcripts don't even follow through. So it's, it is mm -hmm. a. It is an uphill battle for some of that, but I'm glad you guys are supporting the initiatives. And I just hope that uh, we get more people to, to push that through. And that I think that helped the space a lot, just not from just you, how you guys want your consumption to go, but just everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would imagine yeah, a lot of that 
Oh, go, go, go ahead. Good. No, I was just gonna. I was gonna agree. A lot of cool uh, thinking, deep thinking on the the podcast 2.0 work. Yeah, this it's uh, as I've told. You know, we've had some discussions um, over there in their Mastodon chat channel. Is it a lot of it is still, you know, some of the podcast 2.0 stuff feels like 2004 um, mm. from a complexity standpoint. And we have to break it down and we got to make it so that the podcasters can fully appreciate and understand what the potential is so that they can start pushing back on their hosting providers and other people to say, why aren't you doing this? Uh, hmm. It's an uphill battle, but I think we'll get there over time. But yeah, I'm, I'd love to see the spec expand at a little rapider rate. <laughs> yeah. So are your current feeds uh, with multiple episodes um or they primarily just one one episode that you guys you know massage and play with to keep up to date and then when it entirely replaces is there a cadence to that is it a daily thing or is it just based on when news is coming out or what's your kind of cadence on updates yeah that's a that's a good question we do have a kind of evergreen episode model for spooler which you can see in the the rss version the refresh mm -hmm. where some of the content is going to be more uh longer shelf life and consumable more okay. um uh you know with a with a backwards compatibility or, or a forwards compatibility i guess uh mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of both and it's up you know the idea of spooler would be to empower the editor to choose whether there's uh, older content episodes for consumption kind of from the archive in, in the feed mm -hmm. or if it's just the latest stuff with a, a single episode. Uh, but but typically, it'll be a single episode that's um, you know okay. either published over and replaced or updated depending on the kind of editorial priorities I was describing. But I, I think ideally it would be flexible. I think that's a, a creator's choice and that kind of empowerment, just like we're, we've taken a kind of an intero interoperable approach to creator's choice for existing hosting solutions too. We've, we've got a program we call works with where we're allowing folks if they have an existing, uh, uh, you know, hosting provider, they can push to that provider, um, and use ad integration or analytics or other aspects of that, that they like. And then mm -hmm. Spooler just becomes part of their assembly or publishing workflow as a mid-step. And that, that's a nice kind of plug and play approach to folks that yeah. already have shows they're existing. They want to take advantage of this different UI, but don't want to move off from their, uh, relationship they have with their hosting provider now. Do you see this playing well with, uh, the smart speaker platforms better than kind of a traditional podcast catcher type environment? Uh, I think uh, that's a great use case. You know, we we want to be able to deliver this capability for mm -hmm. you know real real time news effectively. So yes, mm -hmm. well, we definitely had smart speakers in mind, and um, you know, informed in, in some part by my experience working on HomePod and helping that right. team with news providers and hey, ask play the news that whole experience, and um, and so yes, I think ideally, uh, and we're you know we're set up for of course with RSS distribution, the podcast uh, catalogs that are available through various channels to to smart speakers, and then that's kind of our idea with the the JSON parallel publishing as well for app integrations, and uh, we we actually have our first app integration um, uh, client frequency machine, 
who's working on a, a cool um, city guide uh, app experience uh, that uh, will roll out later in the month. And they like the setup of the, you know, being able to publish to RSS for podcasts and then into their app for audio control with the JSON. So we think that's a nice way to maybe, you know, do things like skills for uh, smart speakers in the future. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, I've been thinking about for the last couple of years that we're going to see podcasts in general or, or some podcasts anyway, um, migrate into other apps more um, as a, an additional content layer to be added um, to to all sorts of different genre apps out there. Um, mm. And I was thinking that, you know, your platform would be a perfect kind of companion for making that happen. Um, a lot of the apps are looking for, I'm sure, fairly short, um, highly relevant content. Um, mm-hmm. Probably less looking for, you know, you know, long, long content or, or content that's, that's a little bit more generic. Um, mm. So I, I was just curious, it, it, are you seeing movement like that? Are you seeing people with um, content apps today that maybe just have written and video in them that are looking to add, um, you know, audio like this from a platform like yours? Well, it's still it's pretty early days for us in terms of sales okay. cycles, but yeah, we're talking to a, a, a variety of folks. I think the the furthest along is the frequency machine team, as we right. mentioned with that epic generation. But that's exactly what we were thinking, uh, trying to offer a, a right. one a single point for the best of both of those experiences. Obviously, we want, as I was saying, kind of wanted to be good citizens of RSS 2.0 and keep working with all these platforms that we we know and and use every day ourselves um but then also for the the creators that wanted a more centralized experience mm-hmm. and maybe already had a say a web property with significant traffic like the team at insider you know what what unique and and uh new capability could we bring to a you know a back end that they could plug in and and have it feel very much a part of the the, the UI, the UX of their existing web presence, whether that's an app or mm-hmm. or a, a website. So the skinnable nature of the Spooler player is kind of that same idea where right. we're using insider fonts and the, the playhead is insider blue and it, it should look like the other media players <laughs> elsewhere on the site that have kind of UI pre- precedent rather than a, you know, a plug-in that looks like a Spooler property. That's right. the idea anyway. Right. But it can also deliver the, you know, the skippability of segments. If you don't want to listen to the whole show, you can go right to what mm-hmm. you're you're most interested in. One of the things I was talking with Andy about was, I think you've definitely developed a platform that has a unique user persona use case. You know, and it, it would be as you said, sites that would maybe like the Verge or Engadget, these high traffic websites that are trying to do updates during the day and have a big enough team to be able to manage something where they're dropping new segments like in content, right. that, right. are, that are, you know, they're hitting that three, four five times a day, whatever it may be so that mm-hmm. there's a fresh experience. Um, and, and I was kind of frank with Andy. I said, did, did you guys pigeon your pigeonhole yourself too tight to a limited group? Or do you think that there is enough of those available to make the revenue to basically to grow the platform sure. and survive. 
Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair question. Uh, it was a decision that we wanted to to execute really well with this. Admittedly, uh, to to your point, a very specific use case mm-hmm. of this high tempo content because it's also a big production lift to be able sure. to pull off that kind of um, very different than long form like we're we're doing now, where it's concentrated, it's specific, it's sort of high information density in a, a short uh, format. And so, yes, we were we were intentional about trying to execute around that idea, and then and then trying to be good good listeners of our existing and 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 near term clients about how could we add capability and and make sure that this is a, a tool that could be used for other use cases. And I think with my um, you know in, in my in my experience putting any creator tools out there, you end up getting a lot of <laughs> unintended use cases that are always delightful mm-hmm. and. I think one of the um, key joys of my career is empowering creative folks with new tools and access to distribution and and simplifying complex tasks that can be repetitive with efficiencies. And that's where I really enjoy building tools in that space. And so we had this initial uh, specific use case in mind and then are enjoying seeing how it's immediately being... uh, Diverted it's, into different <laughs> use cases right. by creative folks, which I, I love. It's awesome, and then and well, then and, and then it's a discipline exercise, of course, of right. like well, you have different cohorts of people that want to take it in these different directions, right, right. and how do you kind of establish the through line in terms of product roadmap? Which I, I is a fun a fun exercise. And, and I I think about my own tech show. It's like twice a week, and you know the content's burned in forty eight hours because it's old news. You know, right. and yet there's that static file. I only have enough cycles to do two shows a week, but maybe right. if I had a little more time and I wasn't running a podcast company, maybe I'd have enough time to maybe do three, four, five updates um, during the week prior to the next full episode. So right. I could right. see a use case there. And with the ability to have, because my site gets a huge amount of web traffic. So even from my little site that, you know, gets 20,000 hits a day or whatever it is, it's still, there was a player there with updated content. It might be compelling, but then again, it's a big lift. It's like, okay, you get up in the morning and you got to do, you know, an hour's worth of production or whatever to get three, four spots in and then rebuild this thing and hit publish. That's That's a lift. Well, and where we're coming in is how simple can we make that lift so that all of your energy can be devoted to your your content generation and doing great writing, great reporting, and not have to worry too much about the assembly step and mm-hmm. the publication step. And and our thesis is that with great, you know, a fresh take on, on some workflow software to get you there, it can be efficient enough to to do it and uh, and, and easier than it might have been previously. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's definitely interesting. If I was part of a news organization, some group, this would be the tool, you know, for me because it does everything that you know, you basically get almost like broadcast capability on an audio scale that's not been possible up to this point without putting out three, four, five new episodes every day. Mm-hmm. So it's it is it's an interesting play. It sure is. That's why getting somebody on your team like Andy is, was a perfect fit coming out of NPR. So I think. <laughs> oh, as a, well, and, and I think you can credit Andy with. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, Rob. Go ahead. 
No, I just, it just, it falls along with, I'm sure, um, how he did things in the past with his prior projects prior to podcasting. It's just, you know, and to kind of also fall off, off of what, um, Todd just said is that, you know, though podcasting has been consumed pretty much completely within the first, what, 48 hours, Todd, yeah, uh, yeah. 80% yeah. of podcasts deliver 90% of their lifetime downloads in the first 96 hours. Right. So, so I, you know, I'm sure you had yeah, insights okay. to that over at Apple too, you know, and there's shows that have long tail, yeah. you know, and those shows are like, you know, if you have long t- real, real long tail, that's just hook a, pr- a, a money printing press to that thing because, <laughs> right. you know, you've right. got, you, you, you've hit the, the golden lottery ticket. Um, yeah. Well, even even great episodes that are re, like listen to Questlove Supreme and the rebroadcast, you know how they they pull from the archive and it's sort of like a greatest hits or a you know best of on a TV show. And there's still so much, or at least uh, listener value and joy for me going back to even an interview from you know 2017 or 18 or something. So I, uh, it's interesting to think about is there is there value that we as an industry are leaving on the table in that archive. Well, there is, if you, if you have that true long tail, but again, a lot of podcasters say they have long tail and I just wink at them, you know, it's because, okay, (laughs) you know, I, I, I see, I see see the hockey stick laid up there, you know, I see the, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, you got long tail, you got 10, 15 downloads (laughs) two months later, (laughs) very thin. Yeah. yeah. So given that. Given that, uh, do you guys focus on trying to get any updates to an existing episode done within a certain number of hours, or, or is there no entire limit on that? Uh, there's no, there's no uh, technical limit. I think that again, that's an editorial decision with the tools, right. as is right. kind of the day part, uh, because you know we because of the production uh, requirement. Mm-hmm for what we set up, I should say what Andy set up for the refresh, you know, they're starting at 7 a.m. Eastern and going through 1 p.m. Eastern. And during that time, I think he just said that they do something like 20 or 25 segments, really dictated by the news cycle. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. It was like a really big day for updating. And it was like the perfect use case news day where you know every few minutes there was a new supreme court uh Mm -hmm. story update and that's where the versioning system really can be helpful where you're not having to recreate all the metadata Mm -hmm. and sort of that's your asset for that story (coughs) and we're trying to make it sort of live beyond the a single use to be a you know a version five six seven eight as new details emerge and you can update just that section so we see that as part of the capability that we're you know, yeah. certainly excited to bring forth. And it would be also interesting because you could stack it. You don't necessarily have to take the old stuff out. You can continue adding and building to the story. The segment mm. would get longer, but it would right. be like, you know, what do you do on a blog post? You do an update on the bottom of the page. It's the same type of thing. You do an update to the episode, which in that right. situation is pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. I just wonder about expectations with the audience too. Um, how do you, I mean, it almost feels like this might be on the verge of creating a, a new medium of sorts. Um, because what you're doing is you're, you're creating, I would 
hope if if it's being marketed correctly for what you're actually delivering is that it's um it's setting ex- different expectations with the audience right that um mm-hmm. this this feed is is basically live it's basically being constantly updated so if you listen to right. it you know half an hour ago when you go in and listen to it you know half an hour later it could be different content right yeah, um, definitely. So how do yeah. you set that expectation in a medium that's been pretty much locked into a download store and playback, um, perception? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I think that's a key marketing challenge as well. And yeah. the way that we've approached it with, and the, the refresh team specifically has approached it with the first show is, yeah. um, just reinforcing that message about the, uh, you know, sort of uptime of the show and, the yeah. refresh cycle and how you can come back and listen to fresh stories. And it's, uh, I think it's a unique differentiator, but it's also not a perfectly easy story to tell. No, it's not. So I think yeah. that's a little bit of a slow build over time as people can recognize that the show is responding mm-hmm. to the new cycle intraday, which yeah. is, you know, a new, new, uh, capability that is, we think is really cool. And, you know, hopefully they'll, there's, you know, there's a, there's an audience building around that. Um, but it, you're, it's a great observation. It's not a it's not a completely obvious statement from the the jump. And I don't I don't know if it's a new media. I mean, it's flattering to think about it as a new medium. But it, it's it it's from our perspective, it's sort of pressing with some new tech on one mm-hmm. weak point that we all recognize about yeah. podcasting, the space that we love so much. And could mm-hmm. we solve it and give creators a, a, a new a kind of a new tool in the toolbox to reach an audience right. with you know fresh fresh content. And, totally. and it's exciting to try to try to figure out for sure. Totally. Yeah. And I think too, and, and you're going back to your comment about Andy and the idea the the, the, the idea was for sure. Andy's thinking about this for, for several years and within the, within the framework of dynamic targeting of, of ad content. And, you know, is there an application for that in the, uh, segmented approach of that to primary content? So bringing that idea over to, the actual meat of the and, and bones of the show itself, rather than just the commercial messaging, yeah. which is kind of what we're we're starting to pay off with the platform now, and and uh, and that dovetailed nicely with with Henry's uh, idea about a always fresh news experience from right. the same kind of uh, journalistic quality that Insider brings to the table on the print side. What's the equivalent when he's uh, yeah. You know, uh, and when someone is out walking or exercising or doing something where they can't be reading on the even on the mobile app or the website, do you think it's going to drive shorter? Because if you think about it, if you want to build an audience that's going to refresh and repeat throughout the day, it's mm-hmm. almost like that top of the hour news it hits on you know traditional radio, and it's usually mm-hmm. the segments are the same. Maybe they've added something to it. Right. Those are very short. Those are two, three minutes max. So that, yep. and what's, I think what's cool about this too is Rob, they can put an ad in that bad boy every time. So, right. you, you know, it's like, uh, you monetize that. It's gotta be a that, short uh, ad though. It's gotta be like a brought to you by kind of thing. Yeah. But you right. can still, uh, that, that's some, that's some rinse and repeat that I get excited about from a dollars and cents wise, if you get the right sponsor in there. But again, going back, do you think it's going to drive real short segments? That's interesting. I I love the idea of um, aggregating the short segments into a longer experience because I 
I find, um, I mean, I guess we all love long form. That's why we're in, in podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, a news, the other model that we have for Spooler that we, you know, we haven't piloted yet, but uh, is um, the ad, uh, excuse me, the, the news break as a unit inserted to an existing show where you can solve that problem you were describing a second ago, Todd, where if you had a longer format um, interview program with a headline package in it that you wanted to keep fresh because the interview was evergreen, but mm-hmm. the headline package, and we know some some big, uh, very popular news programs that do analysis with a headline package, and then it's like, well, the headlines are stale an hour after it's out the door because that's the definition of, you know, kind of headlines and updates. Right. So, Spooler could could power that assembly by. Um, you know, refreshing that specific package, even without touching the rest of the long form uh, show format. And we think that's a pretty interesting use case for Spooler down the road uh, to be able to kind of be a, you know, final assembly step maybe after that content was just, just before it goes out for, um, you know, for, for listening. And uh, yeah, we think that could be a potentially way, but I don't know if it'll drive short necessarily, Um Certainly, I as a listener like the ten-minute news package format. As you know, there's there's a lot to be said about um, uh, social sharing of shorter audio clips. True, and right. we're very ex- excited to to think about segment sharing. You know, the story sharing, so you can you can take the uh, interview with the Ukrainian newlyweds in the refresh and I could, I could send it to Todd because I thought he might be interested in it as an extract and an invitation to then, you know, listen to the full experience in the, in, you know, in the rest of the show. And with the segments, of course, you can get into interesting things about, could you play the rest of the show automatically after that was your entry point and things uh, that we're, you know, we're thinking about for ideal experiences. But Hmm. I, I guess I, I don't anticipate that it'll drive short because by definition it's, it inviting you to to stack it up and stack short segments right. into a, a longer piece. That's interesting to take someone and send them a segment. Think about that for a second, Rob. You send them a segment. As soon yeah. as the segment's over, you kick them into the beginning of the actual episode. Right. Huh. That's it's kind of a teaser into yeah. longer form content. It, it it's it's cool. <coughs> Does it scale? Do you get enough usage out of it? by the listeners to really drive engagement or just, is it just going to be more use someone put something on Twitter or Facebook or <laughs> hmm. yeah, which has value unto itself. I True. think that we, right. we still don't have as an industry, our, our ultimate like viral audio playback. Right. I mean, audiograms are fantastic and they're, you know, they got the visual aspect of it, but it's, I don't think we've had yet the, you know, the, the scaling solution for that to make it easy to share. Yeah. Because now it's just like easy headliner when these other tools and it's usually the host doing, and it's not the, not the listener. And I, I know from our experience, we've made the embed available on our website players for years, but we track how much those are grabbed and dropped somewhere. And it's not that much Uh because it's, you know, it's a task. Whereas a tweet, yeah. You know, be honest with you, if Twitter had something, hey, uh, Elon, if Twitter (laughs) had the ability for me to send a segment of audio to it easily, now that 
would be a good There's teacher. There's a partnership for James. No, just kidding. He's well, a listener of the show, right? Well, the new, you uh, never owner of Twitter. You never know who's listening. So we have found that out over the years. Okay. Well, I feel like he's pretty switched on. So Twitter started out as a podcasting platform. Um, but oh, I just, uh, audio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, I remember yeah, that. Audio. Yep. And I just want to mention that you're kind of, I was thinking about streaming online radio too. I was like, you know, how different is what you're doing to streaming online radio as opposed to podcasting? Are you, it feels like you're kind of like in almost between. like shoehorning right in between them. Uh, right. And I, yes. And I just wonder if, if, uh, if this technology is taken to its natural extension, um, that somehow, you know, you guys be the ones that really do the most damage to radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a good observation because we, there are some strong parallels for sure. And, and there's some great legacy radio production suites yeah. that have a very, you know, kind of the playlist metaphor is not a new one. This is our kind of fresh take on it and, and podcast first, I guess you could say, but, but for sure, some of the most interesting, um, uh, conversations we've had with potential clients have been the, the bigger radio outfits because they've already solved that problem of mm-hmm. making a lot of stuff to put into it. Right, right. So this Short is a great efficiency typically. tool. Right. Exactly. Yeah, the story format is very well known to them and, and they're already in some cases doing it. But, um, so we were, yeah. But the Sorry. big difference is if you're listening to radio, it's linear stream. It's you join in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, you, right. you're not joining at the beginning Right, so, and that's that hybrid aspect right. of this. Right, Todd? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's where we want to position ourselves as, you know, we, we in our pitch, we talk about being the, the best of both of those mm-hmm. uh, and, and enabling both those creator bases too, right? We want to help people that are still primarily radio production, live focused, come to on demand and, and get the most value that they can out of that existing production workflow, hence our our strategy for interoperability where you can, you know, you can do bulk upload in a spooler and you can out, output to other hosts if you want to. Um, but then also from the, the kind of podcast author community where the creators there may be coming from long form and, and want more efficiency with rapid updates. And, and the, yeah, the thesis of the company basically is that there's opportunity space between those worlds that right. we could get kind of a little bit of the best of both. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could I can really see it, and it's it's one of those things where you, you know if you really set your mind to it and think about it, you're like, mm, oh, there's some possibilities here, <laughs> you know. And the, you begin yeah. you got to have a team and some resources yeah. to make that happen. But even and I know it, what it is, Todd. It's live on demand radio. <laughs> no, t- well, you, you know, here's a case. In some point. ways, that that's kind of what's being replicated here well, is kind of like a little bit of both. Well, I tell you what doesn't right. work. I, you know, I've got my tech show in a the last three episodes in a loop. It's streaming on a shoutcast. Yeah. It's just every you know, it's in, and uh-huh. people join in the middle. And yeah. believe it or not, it gets quite a bit of usage. But the biggest complaint I get from it is, I joined your show in the middle. I had no idea what you were talking about. You're talking about right, right? Because they got in three quarters of the way through something. Of course, we switched yeah. topics, but they're like, you know, well, there then was, they have to start from the beginning, right? Of replay. Well, right. and they can't if it's streamed because it's linear. So that's right. you know that's where they come back and listen to the podcast. And, oh, okay, now I I got the context. Well, so. Um, on Facebook and YouTube, you can pull it back on a live stream, right? So, mm, shout, 
Uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't true. know if you've ever done that. But, no. Uh, I, yeah, I guess you can while we're, when yeah. we're live, but that's not available if you're using Live 365 or something like that. You right. can't pull it right. back. Not what, all platforms. What's your, uh, the two of you, what are, what's your perspective on audio and the metaverse? Speaking of Facebook, they've, they've just shut down <laughs> the, the, the podcast service. I think that's uh, coming in June, right? Is, so they're, is, not, they're not doing podcasts. Are my NDA still uh, in place? Um, I think I, oh, it's probably okay. over with by now, Todd. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Are they, I don't think they really ever got podcasting entirely off the ground. So if you want my honest feedback, so, <laughs> you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And yeah. there was lots of advice given yeah. by multiple parties and it was largely ignored. So they had a, they had their agenda. Number one, yeah. it should have been available on the desktop. That's number one. It should have been easily found in your newsfeed on the desktop. If they had done that, that alone, it, the whole picture would have changed. Instead, they, what about what about what, what about they are focused on metaverse. So, what what's your perspective on what's the audio on demand oh, experience, if any? I just right. in in the metaverse. Like, I know that they could have done podcasting differently, but what about what they are seemingly focused on, which is bringing this amazing new uh, environment to life to more people do you think there's a space for podcasts there and if so what, what do you see well yeah, i don't know about the metaverse um i think if they truly are putting together a virtual reality right uh, if podcasting is a big part of reality then there needs to be some sort of a avenue to participate uh -huh. in podcasting it, through that right? every time i hear the metaverse and facebook i think about second life <laughs> so you know that's right. you know to me it's like okay what what how is the metaverse going to look like mm. how are we going to interact with it i don't see as many of us wearing you know whatever those you know three Oculus. yeah i don't see us wearing those the geeks will but yeah. I, I don't know. I, he's got a vision, but... So you're skeptical, it sounds like. A little bit. Okay. Because yeah. people, people, could, question. people consume Facebook here and on their desktop, uh, and people are already suspicious of Facebook in many ways about what's being presented to them. <laughs> so I don't wow. know. It's a... Uh, Though I think it is a generational question, and, and James, I do think if you think about, you know, I spent many years on the Xbox team, and and so you know they were clearly involved in that kind of virtual reality experience stuff very early in the process, and um, a lot of people get really enthralled in those worlds. It's almost like an escape. It's it's a different uh, different world. I think a lot of us um, think about it in that way. And we don't really want to live our lives like that, but then you throw into the mix, um, augmented reality as a layer on top of virtual reality. And mm. I believe that's the, that's really the first evolution of this that we're going to see is, is technology overlaid on reality. Um, and uh -huh. I do, I do believe that, you know, there's probably something coming from Apple in this way and coming from Google well, well. and coming from other players that are trying to, you know, figure out a way to 
incorporate this stuff into our, our, our lives uh, more and more. So I have a hard time thinking mm-hmm. that podcasting isn't going to have a place. Um, but it's just how long is it going to take before to, we get there? To, to, I don't know. To be fair, yeah. the wearable experiment that Apple did, you know, it was interesting. <laughs> I still have my glass somewhere. Um, yep. That's not. Wait, wait. That, you mean Google? Google oh, Glass. Oh, Google Glass. Yes. Google, sorry. Right. Duh. Yes. Right. Sorry. Okay. All right. Yep. And I have a senior moment. So that, that, <laughs> it's, it, yeah. so it's totally fine. Don't worry. So, you know, that was way ahead of its time, but it was just right. weird walking around. And I don't think people are going to wear a wearable in public. So if the metaverse includes uh-huh. wearing something that is going to show me something, I, I don't know. Uh, that? Todd, is That's that interesting? Uh, a perception that was built on what uh, Robert Scoble did in the shower. Well, okay. Most people don't know what you're talking about. So be careful. I here. remember that. Still, I saw that still image on Twitter. I think I was like, Whoa, Robert Scoble. There you are. Yeah. But you know, it was because of the perceived privacy invasion people felt uh, by right. seeing that. Uh, camera right, right here at all times. Right. I, I don't know. It's or is this going to be like you said? Is it you know? It's like some future space uh, space science thing where everyone's got a headset on their head and they're sitting in a lazy boy. You know, I, God help us it's, if that's the case. It, it seems like uh, Snap has done some interesting work when it comes to hardware and and bringing a kind of fashion forward approach to the industrial design of how do you gently if, if the Google Glass was the you know hard entry yeah. into. AR snap. Uh, I've been, I, I think it's pretty cool the way that they've done it. They don't talk about it as AR. I think it's, but it's, it's a cool set of glasses that will layer on visuals and allow you to record and things. So it, it, it seems like an intriguing, maybe more consumer friendly entry point. I bought my first snap glasses at outside of the big uh, Ferris wheel in Las Vegas. They had a kiosk there and you could buy, um, buy those glasses right there at the, with a little kiosk and I bought them uh, stupidest purchase I ever made. They're still in the wrapper. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's you, you, you're, you're probably right, but I don't know. I, all I care. Here's the thing about where we're, where we are, where podcasting is podcasts are, can be, cons- the best thing is they can be consumed anywhere. You don't have, you don't have these restrictions of being in the metaverse or, or, you you listen to gym driving to work, uh, you know wherever it may be. So I don't think it's going to affect the podcasting space per mm. se. And I don't know. Facebook has got their own agenda, but they definitely blew it with, with podcasting. And I lost a dollar. <laughs> had a bet. Todd, had, oh, what was the bet? I had a bet with Mike Dell that uh, Facebook would achieve one percent listenership within the first twelve months. Uh, oh, okay. There. They didn't get there. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Todd, how exactly did you know for sure that we're not already living in the metaverse? Well, red, That's... blue, pill, pill. Who knows? Oh. <laughs> Is it a simulation? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think we're about, yeah. I, I, I won't go there because people think I'm a whack job. I think there's a 50-50 chance we are we're living in a simulation, but that's just me. I'm a geek. <laughs> Whoever's in control of me, dump some money in my bank. <laughs> Yeah, I think it is a. If it is, it's purely in a, a vir- virtual reality world. It's not an augmented reality world. So, yeah. So, James, what's 
what's your thought? What do you think is happening? And I know, you know, you, yeah, I don't, coming from Apple, I don't know if there's anything that you knew special uh, about Apple's plans, but just kind of your own personal observation on what what you think is happening with with those technologies. Do you think they're going to hit any kind of adoption and mainstream? Oh, I, uh, it's a good a good question. I think um, it, it's a great moment for it if if we do end up having a a consumer hardware moment where you know we can uh, folks that make hardware can overcome some of the maybe missteps or challenges that glass had with the the kind of awkward appearance and Mm -hmm. the immediate kind of, at least when I used it, it was a very immediate social isolation Yeah, where it was trying to be a hybrid experience of, you know, giving you extra info just for you, but then you're expected to be in the social context at the same time was tough to be present, I guess is what I I found. But I, I think there's so much potential. I'm actually very interested in that that space. It seems like great for learning, learning potential, and information communication. Mm-hmm. Maybe even if we haven't figured out the how do you have an AR experience socially, if that that part has to come later, um, yeah. that's that's fine. I think there seems to be so much potential, and I, I I'm kind of bullish on this space from an audio perspective. If we if we do have a a consumer moment for AR that lands and um, you know, the, the content will be such a key part of making that enjoyable and successful is what exactly is the media experience inside your, your AR. Um, so I, I'm excited and bullish about it. I think it will be great for potentially for, for audio. Well, back in the early days with Second Life, I, I don't know, James, if you ever got involved in it, we did do podcasting inside a Second Life before, but it was oh, typically neat. done... It was typically done more as almost like a live stream experience, is what it was back then. You could also uh, okay. you, you could also tie an RSS feed to a property, so as people right. walked into a property, the the podcast would start. So, yeah. oh, that's cool. Yeah, but like that. again, it was yeah. yeah, you had to be pretty nerdy. You know. <laughs> that's pretty deep down the rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> and then you have like 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 well, the album art on the walls on the virtual yeah. walls and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Second life still exists. I just wanted to say um, I, I just wanted to say thanks so much for having me on. I, I apologize right, that I have to drop sure. off, but I am, yeah. was uh, very happy to receive the invitation and uh, was really fun chatting with you. Yeah, thanks yeah, for coming on. And why don't you give everyone a a plug? And is if there's a way they can reach out to you, if you're willing to share that, please do. Oh, yeah, please. Uh, you can check out uh, Spooler at Spooler.fm. And uh, the the uh, the first show from Insider is available on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and as well as Insider.com slash The Refresh. And feel free to reach out to me or the team about uh, interest in talking about our, our technology. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We appreciate having you. Yeah. Thank you. Talk thanks. to you again yeah. soon. Take care. Thanks, James. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Did we scare him off? No, no, he had a, a hard stop at four. Okay, so yeah, we get a little deep there on the metaverse thing. I, I'm, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> yeah. but there's a lot of stuff that's been happening, Rob. Yeah, there, there, there certainly has. And and by the way, uh, how you doing? You doing okay? I'm doing okay. All I'm right. getting better all the time. Oh, uh, good. Yep. So I tell you, the um, coming off NAB, 
And for those of you that didn't watch the two live events, we've got some really, really positive feedback from that. So they're available. I'll link to them today if you know if we don't get them up as an episode right away and and on the YouTube side, so you can you can watch them. But we got some good feedback, and our guests have got some good feedback too. So there was some good some good uh, good dialogue yeah, that's even there. Prior to them being available in the RSS feeds, yeah. Yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, if you want to get a piece of what we did, drop it, drop in there and, and listen and, and we'll get it in the RSS feed as, uh, as soon as I find some extra cycles. But I think that, uh, the, uh, Tom Webster thing has got me really curious. Yeah. It's, it's a little sad to see Tom, Tom go, you know, um, so it depends on what he's off to next. Curious. Yeah, we're definitely both curious about what what he might do next. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an end of an era. Uh, I'm curious who's going to come in behind him and fill in for what he did uh, at Edison. Uh, th- there's that's that leaves a big hole in Edison research right there. Um, you know, and and we did have his his boss on um, at NAB. So yeah. if you want to go here. Um, a little bit. I mean, obviously, no discussion about this topic uh, with Larry, but um, but he had to have known when we did that that oh, that yeah, was sure. coming. So, Larry, well, I did invite uh, Tom to be to be <laughs> on with us at NAB too, because I oftentimes Tom is at NAB, so right? That's why. So I guess so. But the invitations open, Tom. Whenever you are ready to. Uh, Show your cards. What's next? Because he's definitely staying in the podcasting space. He's made it pretty clear in his his post that he was. So, and who knows? He might be wanting to be independent. Well, maybe. So, we shall see. If you're looking for a job, Tom, send me a resume too. I love to love to see it. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's a. Uh, and there's just, I, I know I've, I've been pretty much head down since I get, got back trying to get caught up, but I actually fly out to outlier in Austin. I'm speaking tomorrow night, um, doing the opening keynote there and oh, I'm going to be doing uh 30 minutes on the state of podcasting. So given my rendition of where I think the space is at and what people should be thinking about and doing. So yeah. I look forward to doing that. And then, <laughs> And then back here and then another turnaround and out to uh, Orlando for one of two trips to Orlando. But we will be able to do a show next Wednesday. I will be here. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to be here. And then also we're doing a live show on the 27th of May in Orlando as well at yeah. PodFest. So, which I need <coughs> to book a couple of guests or if you know of a couple of folks, Todd, that you want to invite to join us. There. Yeah. If you're going to be at PodFest and you think you want to be on, let us know you're going to be there, too. We'd like to have a good uh, mix of uh, ladies and gentlemen that would join us. So, great Noon on the 27th. Noon on the 27th. So, let us know. We we definitely uh, want to hear and have a good, diverse panel, if at all possible. Mm -hmm. So... And that and was that's one going to be live stream too. I oh, believe. well, that's so. awesome as well. Yeah. I was actually, um, 
watching the uh, a little bit of the news and what's been happening in the podcasting space, and it's not a not a, not a lot of major announcements per se. Um, just a lot of uh, I think it's you know we're heading towards summer. Believe it or not, it's hard to believe, and it just mm-hmm. seems like the the news cycle maybe has slowed down just a little bit. Yeah, and. And I just had the first um, Board of Governors meeting with oh. the Podcast Academy today with uh, all the new board members. Oh, so how, how, how did that go? That went, that went very well, actually. Everybody was there, and, and everybody was in good spirits and wanting to very positive. And, and we already started talking about the Ambies for next year. Mm. So <laughs> it's... It's all uh, bubbling up really fast. So, yeah. So it's interesting. Chartable put out a statement today because yep. they're probably worried about people abandoning ship. And by the way, all of you that have started uh, bringing your stats over to Blueberry, we, we love you. We've had a huge uptick. Um, little little pitch there. But yeah. uh, it looks to me like they're they're pulling back a little bit on them saying they're going away completely. And it will only be available in megaphone so it seems like they're going to still allow people to use their tools mm-hmm. interesting it is interesting yeah hmm and did you see uh um the head of anchor podcast oh yeah has decided to leave well so, his, his two years are up yep so he's done his two years of uh you know staying around and no, he's off. Mr. Michael Magnano. Yeah. And yeah. So who knows where he's going next? Yep. Hey, I, I just can't help, but, but, uh, cause we all get our time in the bucket. So it'll probably be my, my turn in the bucket next, but anchor was down yesterday from eight forty five AM to five fifteen Eastern, not delivering any media, nothing. They were, they were, wow. that's an outage down out in, you know, I, I, I don't understand how you can, I can understand your platform being down, but how can your, how can you not have your media being delivered during that same time? Someone screwed up big time. Did something. Cause it's, cause it's usually, I guess with their platform, everything is on the same thing. I guess everything is the same thing. Well, okay, but you're still, you're usually, your media is being served by a CDN. Right, separately. And that's right. usually separated from the hardware. So. Maybe it's, maybe it's not on their platform, Todd. Oh, well, I, I, I can't even imagine having been on the reception end of that support being down for, what, nine hours, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we have. Uh, for our redirect service alone, I I have a company goal of being at ninety nine point nine 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 nine, right? And that allows you to be down. I don't know. There's a Google thing. How many seconds you can be down a year? Well, let me actually see what that means. And we we've you know we've we've had a few outages ourselves over the years. But what is ninety nine point nine 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 relay uptime mean? I think I'll get the Google will tell me. Um, 
Let's see here. There has to get it. I found this before, but <coughs> for 99.9999, you can only be down 31.6 seconds a year. Wow. So that's my goal. You know, and if I have my, if my redirect server gets, goes down within about seven to 10 seconds, the one that's sitting there idling comes up at full speed and takes over mm -hmm. and failover mode. And then there's another one in another data center. If that second one fails, the third one picks up. So, but be, to be down nine hours, um, that's only 99% <laughs> efficiency. So they've already, if they have any service level agreements with anybody, they've, they've destroyed them and they're, they're this, this outage. Right. Hey, Todd, did you see that uh, a Riverside FM is now, well, they actually dropped the FM part. So yeah. They, now it's just Riverside, but it's uh their platform is now available on the ipad yeah that's uh good news that is so. good news for all those podcasters out there that like to create their podcasts on uh on ipads yeah so it, it gives you a greater flexibility in uh in using their platform you don't have to necessarily be on a desktop with a browser right it well it makes you know, content production for that platform, uh, mobile. So, mm -hmm. which is, uh, which is a fantastic evolution, but you still platform. have to have a good connection. Oh yeah. Yeah. You still have to have a good connection. And by the way, yeah, yeah but it's going to have to be wireless. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, my Starlink antenna came. Oh, it did. It's okay. installed. And, and uh, you're happy with the performance so far. So good. Okay. I've escaped broadband hell from rural America. Um, it's nice to actually click on a video and it not watch the thing spin for two minutes before it starts. Uh, so cool. the speeds have been as high as like 150, as low as like 60 or 70 with an average of about 10 to 15 up and oh, okay. 30 some microsecond delay has been pretty average, but We'll see if it improves over time. I know my area was just turned on, so probably they've got the minimum number of satellites in my zone to serve me. And mm -hmm. my sister got one too, and they're they're loving it. So we have two Starlink antennas within hundred feet of each other. So yeah. I'm very very pleased so far. Yep. Might even be able to do this show from uh, from the loft, which would be kind of cool. I know that's what you, uh, I think, mentioned last time. Yeah. You were hopeful that so, that could be the case. So we'll see. But just to, just to re reiterate this point, uh, June 3rd is the final day for having your podcast available on your oh. your page on Facebook. Yeah, what a cluster. So Unbelievable. It's going to get removed by Facebook. So... Uh, don't be surprised if you log in that day and your podcast is no longer on your, your pages page. So I, I do find it actually a little surprising that they have reversed course, but it's been crickets from that team for a long time. I'm not necessarily a hundred percent disappointed. So <laughs> to put it to you that way. Yeah. And I guess the so. question is, will YouTube lose, lose interest I think there's less likelihood of losing interest over there. But the, you know, the problem is Google 
you know, there's just my, so much usage right now already. But in my perspective yeah. though, Google has got a little bit of a communications issue too, because it's like their team fell off the map. Well, and we have to be honest here too. If, if we are heading into a recession, Oh, we're not, uh, and we're not in one already. Well, I don't think we're officially in one yet, um, but I, I think all the indications are starting to point that way. Um, I believe we've had one quarter already that was negative GDP or something like that. Um, so I think I think we, we have to have a, two of them, don't we? I don't know what the rules are. I'm not an economist. Yeah. But, but, but remember, podcasting thrived during the last recession. I'm not saying podcasting oh. is going to fall apart. I'm just, I'm saying from a, from a big corporate interest standpoint, mm. um, economic changes do cause the companies to change, um, economic priorities. Let me just put it to you that right. way. Well, if you look at, look at Netflix, they're canceling a bunch of stuff because they're losing subscribers. So what, what are people, what are people doing? They're, they're tightening their belt because right. they're pulling back on spending. Right. right. Cause you know, they you go to the grocery store and you have to give up your firstborn to be able to afford to buy a bag of, uh, you know, a loaf of bread. Right. Yeah. And that also is going to have an impact here. I know this isn't an economics program, but, um, Yeah. There's a lot of talk about food prices going way up because of food shortages coming. And so I, you know, start growing your own food. Well, that's, that's the open nature of podcasting though, being a largely free right. medium. Right. The last thing people are going to give up is their cell phones. Their cell phones will be one of the last things they give up. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there's some on the economic scale that have lost their cell phones already because they just right. can't. You know, they've, they've already had to give them up, which right. is sad. Um, with, and if podcasting is one of the most trusted mediums as a source of information, then people are probably less likely to give up their podcasts too. So, but I guess the question, the bigger question is, is there going to be pullback of the pool of advertisers in the podcasting market and all these estimates and forecasts about, you know, podcasting hitting 2 billion in ad sales by, by next year, um, may, may get, um, delayed again. Well, I don't know. Again, last time there was a recession, podcast advertising spending went up. Well, it did, but it didn't go up as fast. Um, yeah. I think it did not go up as fast. Yeah. I, I think we're safe. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think overall, I, I agree with you. I think that the podcasting medium is overall safe, but I do think that, that there could be some advertisers that pull back on their marketing budgets is what I'm saying. So, um, and that could include podcasting with some of them. I'm not saying it'll happen with all of them. I'm just saying some of them may. This is, this is a tried and true pattern that I've seen. You know, I spent many years in the marketing industry my, my, myself. And it's what I've seen during recessions is pullback in advertise spend. Right. Um, you know, obviously there's prioritization that goes on there too. Uh, if podcasting have proven themselves to be driving the highest return on investment, 
they may not pull back on podcast advertising as much as long as the the numbers are there because um, that may be the most efficient way for them to continue any kind of marketing spend. Um, that's where podcasting really at the end of the day, Todd, the things we've been talking about for a long time around ROI uh, is what keeps podcast advertising humming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, it's in, here's the, the challenge too. If you've got a premium show and you're charging for that premium show, you know, I was looking at my own budget. I was looking, you know, because I'm, it's, you know, I'm, I'm in the boat with the rest of you. And right. I started looking at my, I said, well, that I can get rid of that and get rid of that. You know, next thing I know, I've, I've, uh, slashed about a hundred bucks off my, my monthly, you know, I, I would call that, um, mm, well, just a little subscription stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can't yeah. canceled YouTube TV, canceled two or three other things that I, I'm just not using. So, you know, if I'm doing that, right, a lot of I mean, other people are. How many hundreds of millions of others are doing the same? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And you can still get some television if you have the right type of antenna. So it's not like you have to go without local TV mostly, but you know, you have to invest in a you know, the right kind of antenna to pick up that each, that signal. So, right. Yeah, that's true. So I guess, uh, uh, John Spurlock, um, <coughs> I guess had some data showing that, um, Spotify's free podcast hosts hosting the, um, I guess made available what 25.8% of all po- podcast episodes in April. I don't know, Todd, does that ring true with you? Mm, I'm not surprised. I haven't pulled the numbers ourselves, but I wouldn't be surprised. It was 25%. But yet 25% of the podcasting space was off for nine hours uh, yesterday. So, you know. Yeah, I guess that could make up for it right there. Um, Well, you know, it'll it'll knock a percent down for next month. Right. (laughs) Potentially. Right. Right. That's true. But if you're going to run a service, you know, I, I, we're again, we're not, we're all, we all have our time in the bucket. Yeah, you, do. <laughs> you, just, you just knock on wood. It's not your turn, you know? Right. So Todd, as you think about <clears throat> the, the two episodes that we did at the NEB, um, each one of those were 90 minute episodes. Yeah. Um, how are you thinking that you might push those out when, once you get them? I mean, I could, I could go in and record the audio for both of them. If you, yeah, if you would to. do that, that would be great. And then okay. Dropbox them to me and I'll put them up in the, just, just drop in the feed, so, you okay. know, and that way pe- folks can get them. Uh, okay. And I, I mean, how do you think that you're going to publish those? You're going to put out maybe a couple in one week. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just uh, spread them out by two or three days and, and, and put them out. So put this, <clears throat> this one out as soon as possible. Yep. And then th- those are bonus episodes yep, next they'll, week. They'll follow. So that's what you're thinking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So get ready for a whole bunch of content, everybody. If, uh, and of course, do you really want to listen to us for four and a half hours? I don't know. That's the question. <laughs> Chew on them as you can. But there was, right. there were some great conversations there. And, uh, the second, the second, uh, session we had, I was, uh, I, 
in 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 the hallway, I thought, uh oh, this one's gonna be lively, you know. Mm. But uh, 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 I was pretty impressed with the uh, with a certain uh, young lady. She was very very impressive. I I I think that it, uh, she's got her and I think a lot alike. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Now you, now you know why I asked her to join. Yeah. Because I've seen her speak. Yeah, I didn't know because I, you know, I didn't get much time to feel her out at the, you know, yeah. and, and then when the conversation was, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, bonus. Uh, so I'm quite the firecracker. I was very impressed. Yeah. So you. So you'll have to listen into that episode. Um, to I'm, I'm being I'm being elusive here and trying to get, get yes. all of you to uh, want to listen. Yeah, and then Larry Rosen. Yeah, Larry was uh, great too. Was also on, on that episode. So talking about you know podcast advertising, a lot of complex topics and subjects that we talked about in that episode um, about podcast advertising. It's, it, it, it's a fascinating area in the medium right now that's evolving and changing and, and there's a lot of directions that it could ultimately go in question. Well, we'll see over time. That's for sure. Um, I don't really have a lot more to talk about today. How about you? Yeah, I think we can probably wrap it up. I think we've created enough content in the last Yeah. Two weeks, three weeks. To be, to be frank with you, Rob, I'm, you know, that, that night, we, we should disclose, you, you didn't completely hang with us, but the Tuesday no. night, we, we, the little group that was in our little area, <clears throat> how should we say? We end up on Fremont Street. Right. And at one o'clock in the morning, someone made the bold suggestion that we do shots of Patron. Oh, the worst, worst. I was like, well, I'll do one. Right. And then two, two, three, three total later, I'm like, we need to go. And I think I ended up in bed at two 30 on that night. Wow. And, uh, so I was, did not know if my cohort would make it, but Mackenzie showed up on time to get in the Uber and we ended up over at the convention center and thank God it was a little bit of a slower day. I think both of us, I think the whole, that whole section, <laughs> at least those that were partying with us were um, a, a, a little rough around the edges. Yes. Yes. The, <laughs> the podcast pavilion on the floor was a little rough that morning. Yes. yes it was a little, little rough and like the, the carpet actually looked to be very tempting, but I, I did not uh, acquiesce and, and, and lay down. I was actually pretty good. I, I drank yeah. uh, two bottles of water when I got back to the room, and I think I got four hours sleep. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Maybe three and a half. Oh, that's uh, good. You and your daughter uh, punched out um, a little earlier, and you're probably yeah. lucky that you did. Mm-hmm. The big problem yeah. was we really didn't eat. We, we kind of snacked at that uh, podcast movement event. And we no. really didn't have, you guys went and ate. You were the smart ones that went and found food. Yeah. The rest of us went and found liquor. And that just, yeah. Oh my well, God. I didn't, I didn't drink any alcohol. I know. So I know you I don't, didn't. you don't drink. Yeah. So you, you were yeah. good to go, but. <laughs> yeah. Try to do, try to do that. 
there's been too many events that I've gone to when I have and hasn't been a pleasant morning. Well, I actually wasn't too rough, but I definitely slept early that next night. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you have to do that about once every two or three years to realize that you are you are mortal. Yeah. And that uh, that is probably not an advisable thing to do at two o'clock in the morning. Right. That's true. <laughs> So we can do next Wednesday. Yep. Um, okay. And then I, f- I fly out for my first event on yeah, the, the 13th. Fo- the following Wednesday, I will not be available. So maybe, maybe I'll save one of these NAB interviews for that week. Maybe I'll do that. For the 18th? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm going to actually be out of the pocket on the 25th too. So let's see here. The 11th is good. This is May. So, oh, so you leave for 14 for Spain or someplace, right? Uh, Sweden. For Sweden. So you'll be out on the 18th, and then we'll be at podcast Podfest on the 25th. So, But I'm also going to be out of the pocket on the 25th, too. Yeah, but I'll be in Orlando, and we're going to do our live show on the 27th. So, so yeah, right. Yeah, we got right. enough content to fill so people won't feel too lonely. Okay. Yeah. So you, you want to save one of those episodes for the 18th? Then? Yeah, maybe maybe do that. Yep. Okay. If you guys want to watch it, just go over to you know I'll have the link up in the YouTube channel in the show notes today. So you yeah, can go it's listen. all it's all on on demand. I, yeah. I think the first episode that we did is only available on Facebook. Oh yeah, I think that's right. right? Yep. Because I because we didn't know we were going live until 10 minutes before, and I was scrambling. Right. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. So how do we want to handle that? Well, do we want to? You'll have to capture it off Facebook then. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll try and grab both of them. All right. Sounds good. Now that we bored you guys with our administrative meeting here and talking about <laughs> drinking too much at NAB. Right. And we have yeah. some. Actually, we probably should talk at some point about NAB, but it some things have to change there. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was only. Half the size that it normally is. And we were out in the South 40, the West Hall, you know. It's a beautiful new um, conference hall. But out in the middle of nowhere, it's yeah, like a second conference. And we were stuck around radio transmitters and towers. It's, <clears throat> it's a long way to walk to get there from the main yep. convention center. Yep. It may not seem like it when you look at it, but it, it does because of how it's oriented takes a long time to get over there yeah stupidest entrance ever if they had the entrance was you come across paradise it'd be much better but enough people right. complain they'll make that an entrance but i doubt it yeah that'd be a big retrofit oh yeah but that they got lots of money they'll be able they, they can do it right right all right everyone i'm todd at blueberry.com at geek news on twitter i'm Rob Greenlee, and I'm on Twitter as well at robgreenlee.com. And you can send me an email if you want, robg at lipson.com. It would be great to hear from you and get your feedback on any topics you would like us to cover. And and, uh, we'll do what we can to keep you updated with what's going on. So it'll be interesting on the 11th. I'm not sure we have any special guests booked. No. I don't think so. I'm sure we'll find plenty to talk about. Yeah. So, all right. Fighting a cough here. It isn't COVID, though. 
So, (laughs) (laughs) thank goodness. Yeah. Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time here on the New Media Show. Everyone, take care. Be safe out there. Bye bye. Okay.